Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby, and we're two card-carrying members of the Infertility Club. So I'm just, <clears throat> just going to blow the cobwebs off my voice box. <laughs> it's been so long. We're back. <laughs> oh my god, you guys, we missed you. Man, we missed you. Um, We've got like such a big announcement to make yeah 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 we've got so much so we've actually got lots of news we've got lots of news there's gonna be a big upfront bit here yeah um there's gonna be yeah there's gonna be a big upfront bit we've got a huge announcement that we're not going to tell you for another like 10 minutes um (laughs) we've got like a bit of a reshuffle that's yes we've got a reshuffle um we've both moved house we've both moved house yeah oh my god should we just do our news first okay go on like how are you yeah um so how am I I am good I've spent the weekend um painting my bedroom which I'm now sitting in what color what's the color called it is oh it's embarrassing setting plaster I don't think that's embarrassing and ball I think that's a gorgeous color it is a gorgeous color it's really nice it's just you know it's a bit wanky isn't it but um yeah I love it and um yeah it's just it feels like a nice vibe and so we've yeah I moved we both moved we've both moved we're both neither of us live in London yeah we're both full-time Kent locals now yep Kent that full-time Kent life oh yeah big it up I feel like my life has changed not at all because <laughs> we're well, still in lockdown <laughs> this is it it's been a very strange time to move um we can't go anywhere I can't really make any friends no. can't go to a pub no so yeah yeah we've seen a bit of each other haven't we we have a little bit cheeky little hey but i think um having a house is quite a good distraction from lockdown because it's been a bit grim hasn't it the lockdown's just been grim and endless i mean i feel like because our last series was during like peak lockdown wasn't it it was like Mm, mm -hmm. when when did i can't remember when it started but it finished in like august yeah um and we were a bit giddy Mm. weren't we i feel like that the first lockdown was was great I look back on it fondly. It's like this one's been such a shitter. Halcyon days. I know. Um, and we haven't been there for everyone. We've been silent. It's just wrong. 
Yeah, I know. I'm sorry, guys. But well, I kind of. You're, you're glad we're back. Yes, I hope so very much. Um, um, yeah, so... Um, what about you, mate? Well, well you? I've I've also moved to Kent, but <laughs> my news is basically the same. I got a new job. That was nice. Yes, you did. Um, felt quite jammy about getting a new job in lockdown. Yeah, it's pretty good. Can you, my cat's... Yeah, we can hear Betty, yeah, but that's sorry. okay. She's welcome. Okay. <laughs> Um, is it be- is it Betty? It is Betty. I feel like that's. It's I feel like Betty. I know Betty's little trill. <laughs> it's always Betty. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's replying to me. Mm. Um, yeah, that's it. Really, I moved house. Um, oh, I got a new car. Yes, you did. I love my new car. You did all the big purchases. I used my savings. I'd been saving for ages, and I just mm. used my savings to buy myself a car, and I felt so grown up but now it's got seagull shit all over it well well, that's what you get when you move to the sea mate it's just it yeah it's really on your lives because it's so cute it's a mini it's very nice um okay so that's our news we're caught up um yeah that's it i mean that's it that's literally it we moved us yeah um how many months has it been like a lot exactly (laughs) seven or eight months and we're like so we moved house so um should we talk about our reshuffle first yeah, let's talk okay. about the reshuffle. So, obviously, last um, last series we were following Liz and Nick's story. Mm-hmm. Um, they we're going to catch up with them properly next week, mm-hmm. but they don't have an awful lot to report, to be honest. So, no. what we've decided is that we, because we love Liz and we also think she is a wise owl, mm-hmm. we have decided that she is returning to BFN in the guise of the infertility dear Deirdre. Oh she yeah. She is the BFN Agony Aunt. Yes, she is. I feel like we need a jingle. Yes. Oh my god. We'll, we'll have to work on that. We'll um yeah, because we get I mean, we get a lot of emails um from from you listeners, which is really lovely. And often it's kind of an emotional issue, like what do you think I should do about this? Or like families, relationships, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um I just listen to be so good at answering that stuff. She is. As well as we and we will continue to respond to your emails, of course. Yeah, of course. But yeah. She's a different voice. She's also she they've been obviously they've been trying for a baby for six years um, mm. but she's also just had really really horrible luck with her clinics and with her mm. like her own personal stuff and it just means that she really knows what she's talking about when it comes to she like does. relationships when it talk- comes to clinic stuff when it talks comes to like how your doctors address you she's mm. amazing at advocating for herself situations at like being her own best friend in like medical people being a dick situations yes so definitely get get in touch email us if you've got anything that you'd like to put to liz and you want her honeyed welsh tones coming back at you with her lovely answers we love them so yeah so she's gonna be coming in um every other week Mm. to do that because on the alternate weeks our friend Sophie is finally joining us. Oh, so. so some of you might know Sophie, and we do do quite a, a like long intro. We do <laughs> yeah. in the next segment. Yeah, but some of you might know Sophie if you subscribe to our newsletter. Um, if you don't subscribe to our newsletter, you should on our, you can do it on our website. It's bigfatnegative.com. Um, but yeah, <laughs> she, so she is a close personal friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we became something of a kind of trio for for a long time because we all kind of worked together and we all knew each other and um yeah we just hung out a lot our men friends all get on yeah which exactly. helps doesn't it yeah it does um and we get on with her 
man friend and your man friend and everyone likes each other um <laughs> sounds, sounds quite swingy just to be clear not well. that way um <laughs> just friends we friends. just get drunk together we get very drunk um but yes that uh, turns out that she and mr sophie are struggling to have a baby so um, mm. she's like one of the funniest people i know mm-hmm. she every time i hang out with her like my face hurts afterwards yeah. i'm laughing to so much she is so, excellent she's excellent and very insightful and very thoughtful person mm-hmm. so thought, and she's uh yeah yeah offered to share her story she has offered to share her story um which is just so nice and so she's gonna we're gonna kind of follow her story so it's a bit of a alternating weeks arrangement which is yeah maybe a little bit more confusing than it used to be but you know that's okay it's all gonna be good content yeah it's all gonna be good content um so that's cool and then <laughs> this episode do we want to yeah. talk about this episode let's do that yeah God, I just, I'm so out of practice at this. I cannot do those smooth transitions. <laughs> Speaking of stories and following journeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we caught up with the gorgeous Samantha Bush, who is the wife of NASCAR driver Kyle Bush. Uh-huh. And she's a bit of a like infertility influencer, isn't she? Or like she's just a normal influencer who happens to be going through infertility, really. Yeah, she's yeah, she's big anyway, and um, <laughs> kind of a big deal. And obviously, because NASCAR is huge in the states, not really so much here. Um, our American listeners will probably recognise her yeah. if you guys don't hear. But um, yeah, she's got quite an amazing infertility story, and so she's it's it's really it's always quite interesting listening to people from across the pond. Yeah, I think they really approach it differently. Mm-hmm. They really yeah. approach it differently, which is <laughs> it's always quite interesting to listen to. Like, I'm always quite surprised. I think there's some bit, there's some bits in the in her story that really surprised me. Not, yeah, I won't give away any spoilers. No, of though. course not. No, but we had a lovely chat. She's she's we lovely. Did. Yeah. So this week you've got Sophie and then Samantha, um, and then mm-hmm. obviously we've got Professor Tim. Professor Tim is back. Where would we be without Professor oh Tim? Oh my god! I just don't know. I don't know. You know. Such a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. So what have we asked him this week? Emma? We've asked him, and this is a question that we've had actually fairly regularly throughout the pandemic, or throughout the latter part of the pandemic, which mm. is, should you get a COVID vaccine if you're TTC? Yeah, it's a um, big one, man. Yeah, it's an absolutely legit question. Um, we've, I mean, we've had emails from people who are really um like really on the front line asking whether they should get it Mm -hmm. and it's always like my instinct was to say of course you should but I think it's just so much more nuanced and complicated than that yeah and it didn't help that when it first came out it was a you know it was kind of a they said something else yeah so yeah yeah, we'll be covering that in a bit yeah it's all been I mean just like with everything with COVID it's just a bit of a clusterfuck the way it's been handled isn't it yeah absolutely same old same old yeah um so where what else have we oh wait 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 newsletter so obviously as Emma said if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter you should because we've been doing it weekly since August we have um which has been loads of fun and I think Everyone who seems to, um, everyone who reads it seems to enjoy it, which is great. Yeah. Um, and we're going to go down to monthly. Yeah. Henceforth. Yeah. Just for the, while the series is happening. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot it's of a lot. content. Yeah. Which will make it like four times better. 
yeah. when it comes. Yeah. Because we'll have saved up all the good shit. Yeah, we absolutely will. Full time <laughs> tire quality. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel like we've the like all the way through this preamble, we've just been a little bit like jittery because of the announcement. Mm, the announcement. The announcement. And now oh, we have to make the announcement. Yeah, we should make the announcement. That I feel like the history of the announcement is that we promised like at least twice during the last series that we were going to mm. make it. Yeah, <laughs> I then... know. It's ridiculous. It's been the world's longest um, trail of an announcement. Everyone's, everyone's probably stopped listening, actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. Are you ready to make the announcement? Yeah, you do it. Okay. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. Guys, um, we've written a book. <gasps> a fucking book. A fucking book. It's on pages. Um of pa- made of paper yeah yeah it's, yeah it's got loads of words in it absolutely it's got loads, loads of words and we wrote we wrote all of them <laughs> every single one written by our own fair hands yeah. typed by our own fair hands yeah, yeah yeah um the book's called big fat negative mm-hmm. and well, to give it its full well, well, name well, well, the essential guide to infertility ivf and the trials of trying for a baby yeah um it is it's not out yet. It's coming out in January next year, which seems like absolutely ages away. It does. Um, but, you know, we're used to waiting because of IVF. We are. This is true. That's in a great place. But it's um, it's available for pre-order if you want it. Yeah. Oh, my God. You can pre-order it now. Oh my God, please pre-order it because I'm really scared no one's going to buy it. Yeah. Oh. If everyone could pre-order it, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And also, I don't know, do you ever pre-order books? I always quite like it because I order them and mm. I forget and then they arrive and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So should we talk about the book a bit? So it's, a, it's kind yeah. of a guide, not just to like, we were really careful to make sure it's not just IVF. It's mm. it's about TTC. It's about trying for a baby and it's about... It's about all the practical stuff, like how to get a diagnosis, what diagnosis you can get, what kind of tests mm. you can go through. But it's also about all the emotional stuff. Like there's a chapter on maintaining your friendships. There's a chapter on like that's aimed at partners. Mm-hmm. There's, a chapter, there's a chapter on work. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just kind of, it's like life while TTC, I guess. A yeah. guide to life while TTC. And it's kind of, um, it's obviously it's full of our experience and it's full of our stories whenever we have a relevant story for that chapter but we've also spoken to loads of other people so you know where we don't have experience in something or you know just getting more experiences so it's kind yeah. of it's not just a guide it's also a journey yeah it's I mean the cover is extremely pink it's very pink. I think it looks really cool we're very pink we're, yeah our branding is quite pink and yeah. also like sometimes I go really pink because I get quite embarrassed quite easily so there's that there is yeah. that I think um I'm like honestly like feel a bit worried because like I feel like I feel quite vulnerable that we like put this out into the world uh, I'll tell you what I'm most worried about what? and I may have highlighted this the other day it's my mum and dad reading it <laughs> Because there's a bit of me talking about a lot of sex. Yeah. So the, the other thing about it is that we share our journeys in it. You know, we talk about our journeys. Um, we talk about our like stuff that we've been through and experiences mm. we've had and mm-hmm. things like that. So I think you'll probably find out more about us. In the book. Yes, you will. It's also quite funny. I mean, I mean, it sounds strange to say that <laughs> because it shouldn't be because it's not a funny subject. But as you guys know. We do like a laugh. Yeah. So we do, wherever possible, we try to make it light. Yeah, we tried to make it funny. Like, maybe it's not funny at all. 
I think it's pretty funny. Yeah? <laughs> I'm confident. <laughs> Were you reading it the other day and having a lol? Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, anyway, you can get it on Amazon. Yes. In, in the United Kingdom. It's actually, it's really aimed at um, UK people as well. Or maybe I should yeah, yeah, it is quite UK vibes. Yeah, it's, it is quite UK focused, although a lot, you know, with all the kind of practical stuff. So there's a lot of like NHS chat. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think, and also because the way that clinics over here operate is very different to the way clinics mm-hmm. in the US operate. But, but the stories are universal. The stories are universal. The mental health stuff mm-hmm. is universal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you go on Amazon or whatever your favorite bookshop is, although I don't know where else it's available for pre-order, but if you go on Amazon and type in Big Fat Negative, up it pops in all its pink glory. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe we've written a book. Well, half a book each. Yeah. It's, it's quite incredible. <laughs> yeah, it made um, it more manageable, didn't it? Yes, it certainly did. And we only handed in the first draft on Wednesday, guys. So it's yeah. it's fresh as. Yeah, it's very fresh. But um, we would love it. We would love it if you pre-ordered because yeah. um, it will make our publishers not think that they've made a mistake. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah. And thanks for bearing with us on the announcement. Because... I know. I wonder if, if you guess, let us know. Yeah, do. I And if, if I you did guess favorites. and it's... So... If, yeah and if you guessed and you guessed wrong and you're disappointed that it's a book let us know what you did want it to be <laughs> we try and make that happen too <laughs> yeah bfn the movie i mean that's obviously what everyone was thinking right yeah i think so well at least a netflix show yeah for yeah. sure right guys All right um as per usual um you can follow us on instagram at big fat negative you can follow us on Twitter at Big Fat Negative. You can see us on Facebook, although we don't post much. Big Fat Negative. You can email us Big Fat Negative Podcast at gmail.com. And just to, to repeat, you can buy pre order our book. You can pre order our book on, on Amazon. Amazon by typing in Big Fat Negative. Hey, please enjoy the show. Like, enjoy the show, guys. We missed you all. We did. We missed you terribly. And it's great to be back. I feel like I feel like Sophie needs an introduction. She does. But I don't I like how how do we go about introducing Sophie? Okay. Um so well, some of you might know Sophie from the newsletters that she edited times two most recently. Yeah. But if you don't know her from the newsletters, Emma, who's Sophie? <laughs> she is the third corner of our triangle mm, she is she is the third wheel on our robin reliant tricycle mm-hmm. tricycle <laughs> also has three wheels <laughs> she is the tip of our pyramid oh the hello. tip of the pyramid <laughs> you, were, you guys were just a flat base <laughs> for me just Waiting a line for, <laughs> for the peak of sophie to come flying through um you're our pal I am and, your pal. You're my uh, pal. We've, we've been a little trio for a while now. Yeah. And we've all um, worked together. We've all worked together. Mate, you guys um, have worked together, right? We have. Yeah, yeah, mate. We worked together yeah. before we were, I worked with you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. We were actually um, the original. We're the OGs. The OGs. I was <laughs> we were the game. original line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then um and then we started going on holiday together a lot. Yeah. 
and drinking lots of wine with our men folk as well we with should our say folk. Yes. yeah and um now sophie can't have a baby yeah, I'm finally infertile enough to join the BFN podcast. <laughs> you did it on I made it. <laughs> Congratulations, mate. Welcome to the club. <laughs> yeah, how, how, how fucking weird. It's quite weird. It is quite weird. And um, I've said this to you guys before. And Emma, you don't remember this, but I remember um, when me and... Mr. Sophie, as we shall refer to him first, um, you know, we were quite early into trying, but we're way too early to deem ourselves infertile. And Emma, I met up with you in the park um, for a really nice afternoon. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, it's just been a few months, so it's, you know, no stress. Da, da, da. You're like, mate, maybe we've cursed you. But now. Maybe it's my curse. I started off. <laughs> Yeah, you cursed me as well. Maybe I cursed you both. <laughs> um, so you're going to be joining us on a bi-weekly basis yeah. to talk about stuff, how you are, share your story. Mm-hmm. But can we like, um, can we hear your journey up till now? Yes. And actually, I'm not sure I know the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, there's not that much detail because... As journeys go, it's like one long train ride just pointing in the same direction. And every, you know, it's like one of those trains that you get on, you're like, I'm sure this only be like 30, 40 minutes. And then you're like, oh my God, I've been on here forever. And every single (laughs) stop looks the same. I need to get off the train. Yeah. Where is my station? I feel like I've been on this train forever. It's so repetitive. Mm -hmm. Um, because we have, so we've been trying for just over two years, um, but we have unexplained infertility. And so really the advice that we always get back is, oh, great, there's there's nothing we can see here. So just, just keep on trying. Um, Brilliant. Which is, you know, as we all know, a kind of a blessing and a curse. Because on the one hand... <laughs> The doctors and the nurses and the consultants seem so happy because they're like, mm. great. There's this- nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Good news. Yeah. You're, you, you look totally fine. The inside of you looks totally fine. The stuff that we've just pulled out your veins looks totally fine. Everything. So good. You're tip top, tip top health. Um, but then you're like, oh, but can't you just, t- can't you just point at something and say that that's what it is? Mm. yeah I'd, I'd think it's not correct that it's, it's a good thing because I don't know like when I I think the happiest that I was during my whole time like trying for a baby apart from when I managed to get pregnant was the few months after I had my second tube clipped and I was waiting for an embryo transfer um and we hadn't like started the embryo transfer process yet. And I knew that I wasn't going to get pregnant. Mm. I just knew I, there was no, absolutely no question of me getting pregnant. Mm. And it, it it was just like certain. Mm. It was like I mm. had this certainty. Whereas I feel like if somebody tells you that you've got unexplained infertility, you just got this like, well, it could be this month thing. Yeah. I also feel like someone said this I we interviewed and they were like unexplained infertility isn't unexplained it's just that you haven't done the right test yet 
So for that reason, it is frustrating because you're like, I know something's wrong because it hasn't worked. So what is it? Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, yeah, it's very backwards. You know, every, everything that you think you would feel about certain things is kind of back to front, you know, like Emma to, you know, to your point, you know, like what you've just described sounds like really traumatic. And I think people who haven't experienced infertility would be like, surely that was the point where you felt, you know, saddest and were grieving the most. But I've had exactly the same thing. You know, we just decided to take a two month break just to give ourselves a bit of a rest. And, you know, things have been quite intense. And in a way, I was like, oh, this is so great because I don't even have to like figure out how much I'm allowed to hope. Do you you know what I mean? Mm. You know, it's like, oh, this is this is kind of really heavenly and relaxing because I'm definitely, definitely not. Yeah. And it seems really back to front. But um... but you're someone you're kind of the opposite of me in a lot of ways in that you're able to put a positive spin on a lot of things, whereas I sink into a well of bitterness. (laughs) (laughs) Deep well of bitterness. You're quite good at like being like, well, it's okay because blah, blah, blah. Do you feel like, I mean, have you, have you been that original to... line between us was actually a spectrum <laughs> from <laughs> pessimist to optimist. No, um, no, I don't I mean, I do, I do try and find silver linings to situations and to have plan, good plan Bs, because otherwise, you know, you just get a bit sad, don't you? But the, this is, it, it is quite, ah. Uh, I guess the way that I kind of have consoled myself um, is normally by, you know, well, it could be a lot worse. And, you know, this is, I've, I feel like I've been really lucky in life in most respects and had a, you know, more or less a pretty good run of things compared to most people in the world. I'm like, okay, well, you know, everyone's got their stuff. This is my thing at the moment. That's fine. But then obviously you know, with lockdown hitting, you're like, oh God, I just, you know, like even thinking of all the other people who've got it so much worse, it's just like absolutely crushing. Um, and then you feel like a massive dick for being like, oh, well, you know, of everything going on in the world, little old infertility is, uh, I shouldn't, re- I can't, I don't really have a leg to stand on in the, you know. No, emotion. that's the worst because mm. you're invalidating the, the shitness that you're feeling and to be fair anyone who's been like ttc and struggling during fucking lockdowns like fucking unbearable like how you've got none of the distractions that you would normally have it's just so much more intense like you're you are going through something that's really shit and it's so it's okay to acknowledge it do you know what i mean yeah yeah and Unless you don't want to, and you'd rather be chipper about it, in which case, Sophie, mate, <laughs> no, I have you're on top chipper. of the world. You're the apex of our triangle. No, I'm. Um, I, I think you know, I'm the, the downward point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. Oh, what way do triangles even point? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm pointing downwards. I'm pointing downwards. <laughs> I've been pointing downwards. Um, oh mate, but it's so sad. No, I mean it's, it's the way the cookie crumbles, isn't it? You know, mm. we're, you know, um, we're all kind of in the same boat. It's nice to have a place to actually just be honest about it. Um, yeah, you know, the other thing that's weird about lockdown is homeschooling has been 
like the biggest national conversation it seems um you know it's like everywhere every yeah. single forum from work to whatsapp to going to the park to like everywhere there's just like mm-hmm. adorable little people everywhere that it's totally mm-hmm. inescapable so that's another weird kicker and you know and you're like oh I'll go out for a nice run to just set my mind at ease and you're like there just couldn't be more family scenes everywhere mm. the park is saturated with family <laughs> the park is a no-go zone now where is a safe haven the pubs are closed you can't even have the pubs. God. <laughs> zoom calls i find zoom calls quite difficult because i feel like everybody's talking about babies everybody's so talking much. about babies and I find it really uncomfortable because I know who the people are that don't have babies mm. and I I don't know like you know what their position is but I feel really uncomfortable when everyone's going on about it yeah doing the old oh kids thing yeah I had um a workmate's leaving drinks this week on zoom and someone else in our team joined who's been on mat leave and you know she's really really lovely so obviously there was a bit of chat about how's it all going and she was really honest and that was really great you know (laughs) and then I was kind of trying to move the conversation I was like so you know it's April Fool's tomorrow um is anyone gonna do any April Fool's blah 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 and she was like oh yeah actually I was gonna do one to Francis saying I'm pregnant again oh no he's on the line now I've done it and then it's like oh back to pregnancy you know totally innocent she was just being really jolly and upbeat and you know but yeah Yeah, she doesn't know but fucking hell yeah doesn't know where to go yeah well mate okay so you you're unexplained but what what's happened in terms of your interactions with the fertility world where are you at so um i had my kind of first so one year in for us when we kind of went to the GP and said you know this isn't working um was like shortly before lockdown started so shortly before the COVID stuff kicked in so I had my um you know all my blood done and my hormone levels fine 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 um had my transvaginal scan um, oh, yeah. yeah. Let's get it on. <laughs> <laughs> Just as an aside, though, did I tell you that I went for a smear test the other day and they were playing sexual healing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no? Okay. That happened. Oh, no. <laughs> um, sorry, Soph. Please carry on. Yeah, so had all that done. And then uh, Mr. Sophie went for his test and then lockdown hit and everything went into meltdown and obviously I was thinking you know I was like great we're gonna go for a consultation today but obviously we couldn't do that because everything was put Mm -hmm. on ice so we had these test results that had just come back saying you know things look fine um And then I had always just imagined there'd be, you know, round two tests and then round three tests and then round four tests. So we kind of waited however long it was, a few months, at which point, you know, like work was really intense. Obviously, the whole world was in kind of meltdown. Um, So it was a pretty stressful time all Mm -hmm. round. Um, And then this big uncertainty of like, uh, when are we going to get 
like round two tests and you know blah 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 um and then when things started easing up again I obviously got back in touch with everyone <laughs> not everyone <laughs> went through my whole address book and was like guys infertility update <laughs> um <laughs> winky face emoji um no, got back in touch with the medical profession who were like, okay, well, you just need to kind of have stuff done again because it's been more than three months. You're going to have to get oh, your sake. good old transvaginals. Jesus. I always think transvaginal scan sounds a bit like, you know, Trans-Siberian Express, yeah. <laughs> you know, like a Philip Pullman novel or something. Yeah. <laughs> Transatlantic flights. <laughs> yeah. Something, something nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, so had all that done again. Again, fine. You know, I think my prolactin was slightly high at one point and they were like well it could just be stress and they did it again they were like yeah it's fine you were probably stressed I was like yeah I've been pretty stressed I think that's I think mm-hmm. that's fair to say yeah um and I was like cool so what what's the next test and they were like well nothing really just crack on what <laughs> um so I was like, are you sure um but yeah that was basically it but you know, and they were like, we'll come back, you know, in a few months, da, da, da. went back. And then, you know, with everything going on, you kind of, I, I know you guys have been such great advocates for always like chase your doctor, chase your doctor, chase your doctor. But when you're like the NHS is literally mm-hmm. completely, you know, like run ragged. I was a bit like, Oh, I, I don't want, you know, I, I just feel a bit bad about, pushing this too much at this stage when they've said just keep trying keep trying naturally mm-hmm. you know check back in in a few months whatever um but anyway I did you know obviously when I can't I can't whether remember whether they contacted me or me them I was obviously chasing things a bit um in a gentle way <laughs> and for like both of us anytime Hello. we called the NHS we were like by the way we just want to say like you're so amazing. You're doing thank such a good job. So thank much. you so much. Thank you so much for everything. Is it okay if we like talk about um, infertility? I know you've got so much else on your plate. You've got so much else going on. Is it all right? You know? Yeah. yeah <laughs> which I think yeah. a lot of people have done with all types of medical stuff, which is why the government yes. has this big campaign saying, by the way, you're allowed to tell us if you're ill with other stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I told them about some other kind of complicating facts going further back. And they're like, cool, well, we will just check that your fallopian tubes are all clear and fine um the good old hiccupsy you know yeah. squirting dye through your have fallopian you had tubes. that i had that yeah oh mate had that. Why did you have that first? And, i feel like i've missed out and guess well, what guys guess what they told me patent af all fine they're like so oh. clear it's so clear <laughs> see that's that's where i that's my stumbling block was the, like the euro toll times two <laughs> yeah um okay but it is I mean I personally find it fascinating to like they're like look here you can look at this gigantic screen it's like wow that's amazing I mean I've looked you know yeah it sounds like you had quite a good high cozy experience whereas my experience was my entire uterus went into spasm quite crampy Oh yeah, I mean it did. I mean it hurt like hell. But also, Emma, you. I think you told me when you had yours that it fucking hurt a lot. So I was kind of you prepared. I was geared yeah. up for it. Yeah. My first one was fine. It was just a bit uncomfortable. Um, 
and the second one was less fine. The what are we talking one, here? Are we talking like period pains? Yeah, like really severe, really, 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 really severe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, really dialed up. While you've got a speculum in and a catheter up your cervix. Oh. And someone having a good old look. <laughs> Two people actually, one's looking at the screen, the other one's right up on in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Delightful. Yeah, and, but also it's like, it's kind of like period pains, but I much worse than any period pains I've had, but also like in a slightly different place. So you're like, whoa, I've never... Yeah. Felt that part of my body before. Mm, yeah. I never appreciated your fallopians before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel your fallopians yet? To be fair, I didn't appreciate them afterwards either. <laughs> no. I appreciate that they no longer hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're much happier when they're not being forcibly injected with yellow dye. That's that mm. is for sure. Those little guys. <laughs> so you did that. Did that. All fine. Um was that quite recently? That was um, in November. Okay. And again, that was a weird thing because they were like, well, we do it on Tuesdays. It's got to kind of sync with a certain time in your cycle. Um, you can't try, you know, like the, you know, the month that it is basically, you just can't, you know, you can't have sex. We're going to use alternative contraception. The month before was our, um, was our wedding anniversary. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll just, you know, and it, and it like won't fall in with the cycle. So I'll just you know, I'll just do it. They've got like one appointment in October, but I'll wait till November. I had this really romantic idea that I was going to be calling up. <laughs> calling the I'm like, Guys, guess what? Great news. Yeah. Little anniversary press. Um, but no, it was not to be. Um, Did you read all the forum posts about how that it like opens your tubes and like how everybody gets pregnant afterwards? Well, th- that's exactly what the, doctor said to me straight afterwards he was like great they're they're really clear and by the way there is some research to show that you know your um chances of conceiving are now going to be slightly higher for the next couple of months because they're all cleared out you know and I was like oh thanks for the spring clean guys you know just like (laughs) making some awkward joke like you do when someone's just looked inside your vagina um and yeah and then that's gonna (laughs) notch up the hope for another couple of notches for the next couple of months yeah oh well now it's gonna happen obviously because the doctor said it yeah yeah and but also you know I even because I was kind of hope you know again it's like that really weird thing where you're going in there like oh I hope everything's okay but also I hope it's not because then we'll Mm -hmm. like go to the next step and there's not yeah there's no decision there's no uncertainty it'll just be like right well I thought I was just convinced they were going to say there's a problem you know your mm. only option is IVF or you know here's what the next step is we recommend you do it straight away um so when they were like yeah it's fine you know I just and then I obviously I've been in the hospital and there's like all these people just like working their asses to the bone like and you know just pictures up everywhere saying thank you NHS rainbows hearts I was just like I just need to go and have a really long walk around I felt really emotional mm. afterwards Mm-hmm. you know emotional about the the scale of what the nhs is dealing with and then my tiny little bit but that was affecting me personally a lot you know i bought myself a chocolate brownie good one <laughs> good one there's something quite gaslighty about unexplained infertility isn't it it's like but the, no but there's a problem no 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 problem no problem it's all in your head just keep going just <laughs> keep trying just relax no but, no, but there's, yeah. there's yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, but there's yeah. a problem 
Yeah. And I think also it makes it, you know, I mean, you guys would have had this. I'm sure everyone's had this where like the people around you that you've told about infertility kind of want to say reassuring, hope giving things. So they're like, oh, you just need a change or, you know, Mm. maybe when this happens, you know, like when we got a dog, everyone was like, you know, you know, had a couple of people and (laughs) a couple of mates who are really well-meaning. They just want to offer hope, but they're like, oh, you know what? You know, we obviously got pregnant just after we got a dog. I think it'll be like just the change you need. Or like, you know, this Mm. dog is going to be great. And when you guys move out of London, it'll be just the change you need. You just need a bit of change. And you're like, "Mm." and then when you have unexplained infertility, I think it almost like there's something going on there that it almost cements everyone's belief that it Mm -hmm. must be to do with your mindset Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, because they're like, well, there's no, re- there's, there's no reason they're not getting pregnant. Yeah. You know, because you're not relaxed, Sophie. Yeah, it's because yeah. they haven't moved to Somerset yet. <laughs> they just need to move to Somerset, then they'll be so relaxed with their dog. They never got to go on that holiday. They just didn't <laughs> get to go, so that's obviously why it's not worked. Yeah, they just they, you know, I like to think they're probably all like, God, they just work so hard. <laughs> oh. But what they're probably thinking is they do drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think alcohol is a reason people don't get pregnant. I, <laughs> I refuse to believe it. It's still to stay. Sizable portion of the population that wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In fact, it's probably well, yeah, it's been the cause of a lot, hasn't it? But also, we will kind of like have a really virtuous like two or three months and just you know hardly drink anything, and then I just you know I'm just a bit like, well, that hasn't fucking worked, has it? So. <laughs> this is pointless and I'm on my period now so I'm gonna get drunk and that'll show you body (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that'll learn you (laughs) yeah I've been there yeah it's the worst time to get drunk because you're like oh I'm so emotional I know what will help red wine (laughs) Mm. and also the guilt in the morning yeah 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 oh so have you got a referral now or are you waiting for a referral? Um, yeah, so in our area, our CCG, our clinical commissioning group, actually doesn't refer you on for IVF or IUI until you get to three years. Oh, for fuck's fuck sake. Yeah. What? Three? So, yeah, 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 yeah. I but, didn't know that. Um, you know, when, the last time we spoke to the consultant, uh, which was kind of about November, December time, he was like, well, I think, you know, I think we can um, make the case from two and a half years. Um, so, you know, come back and see us and I'll, you know, we'll do what we can to kind of progress things along. And da, da, da. Mm-hmm. Um, So that would be around summertime. And, you know, but also now I'm, yeah. So we'll definitely go back and do that. But I'm kind of thinking... I don't know. You know, you go around in circles with it so much. Now I'm kind of like, actually, we, you know, we should just try the natural. I don't know. The next c- couple of months, I'm going to see um, a lovely person we know who's a kind of relative of a friend who is a oh. natural fertility specialist and a reflexologist. And she's just wonderful. And, you know, we consider her a friend of ours as well. She's really lovely, one of our mates' mums. Um, so I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let's just like go full out try everything the natural way for the next few months and then mm. we'll definitely know for sure that natural's not an option which will take yeah. us mm. right but you can also 
ask for a referral and be doing all that in the meantime because a referral will take a few months yeah 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 good tips this is you know this is why i'm here guys <laughs> like, keep pressuring them i know keep i just going. think it's funny because like a, a, f- a lot of people i know and when we first started the podcast we were always like oh those people who get pregnant just before they start ivf oh. um but actually like it, it's not an oh thing because in a lot of cases what they have done is gone away and really 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 done their best <laughs> tried their absolute <laughs> hardest before i did they... that and it didn't work for me well, of course, i really yeah. did try I, no, I bet. I mean, I bet you really I wanted tried. to be yeah. that girl. I, I wanted, studied hard. I wanted yeah. you to hate me. I wanted the listeners to hate me. I was, I was welcoming the hatred of being that girl, <laughs> and it didn't fucking happen. I well, same. You know, obviously, with you two, you know, both having infertility. Like when we first started trying, me and Mister Sophie, I, you know, because basically, um, I hope this isn't overdisclosing, but a lot of people in my family have had um happy little surprises i myself am a happy little surprise Aww, uh, you so are, like, every day oh my god my, i'm so fertile everyone in my family is so mm. hyper fertile how am i gonna break it to gabs and emma that you know like month one i've got pregs you yeah. know i literally you know like like I think so many people do month one, they're like, oh God, this yeah. is it, this is it. You know, and then, yeah, 27 months later, you're like, that, that wasn't it, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. And, and don't you just feel so stupid for it? Like I just remember being so, I was never confident actually. I knew there was something wrong and I think it's because of a lot of times I had sex when I was 16 that I shouldn't have. But um, I there was a part of me that was like, like fairly confident I think it's you know it's hard not to be because you're brought up on it aren't you yeah my mum my mum was like well we are very fertile in our family and I was like okay yeah. okay mummy yeah but so I'll show you <laughs> you didn't have to lose our friendship over it yeah. and now look at us you might not have a baby but you've got us I finally made it but it is you know I mean it's it's been very convenient having you both in recorded audio form <laughs> <laughs> as well as IRL, I hasten to as well as IRL, yeah, obviously. But you know, like in, um, I would say from kind of you know March lockdown, you know, and I work in communications for a charity that supports other charities and community projects, social enterprises and stuff. So, like, work was really full on that whole lockdown kicking off, and a lot of it had to do with communication. So I was like flat out of work everything just stressful 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 infertility stressful and then you know I, I was just feeling a bit I, I didn't want to really like reach out to mates I was just like in my own little bubble of like ah. um and then <laughs> I remember one evening I just kind of like curled up on the sofa I was like I'll just pop I'm feeling so sorry for myself and so you know just everything in the world is really unpredictable and uncertain and awful but I'm also feeling sorry for myself on top of that what should I do? You know, everything's crap. And then I was just like, I'll just pop my mates on. <laughs> and I'll just lie wrapped around a little cushion. <laughs> and I'll just let Emma and Gabs chat away. <laughs> it's actually the saddest image I've ever seen. 
could have called us. We'd have both been there. I know, but <laughs> it's like, I, you know, I bloody hate being vulnerable. And I just, I find it really difficult just to say to, to people, like, I need help. Do you know what I mean? And also, like, everyone was dealing with their own shit at that point. Mm. Um, you know, as they always are. But I think, yeah, particularly in that, at that stretch of time. So it's like, oh, hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then I and then I met a couple of episodes in. I was like, oh, now I really miss them, and I feel a bit lonely. I just turn it off for a bit. Now I'm even lonely. I just turn it back on. You know, it's just like, oh my god, what a sad sack of potatoes I was. <laughs> but it's very anyway. Like I said, it's lovely to have your IRL. But you know, hey, those moments you're unavailable. Pop, hey, exactly. We are always available, twenty four seven. You're always in my ears and my heart. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, so thanks for sharing your really sad story with us. Yeah, you sad sack of potatoes. <laughs> That's the best saying I've ever heard. Um, can you come back in a couple of weeks and talk to us about something? Yeah. Yes. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Samantha, welcome to Big Fat Negative. Hello, thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, So the first question we always ask, and I always find it very hard when we have guests from the US because it's it's very light mockery um we always say tell us about your journey ah oh yes <laughs> the journey of trying to complete our family wow how much time mm-hmm. you guys have <laughs> 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 the um overview I guess you could say is um my husband and I got married we were you know relatively young mid-20s you know, after a few years being married, decided we were ready to start our family. It was so exciting. Mm-hmm. You know how 
to this, you know, when you're entering that next chapter in your lives, it's full of excitement and love mm. and passion. And it was so much fun. And then, you know, month after month after month after negative pregnancy tests goes by mm. and, and it, yeah. it started, you know, to get more difficult. Um, at the time, all my friends were having kids and, you know, for the most part, it was happening relatively fast and easy for them. And, and I was just very confused. Um, and so, you know, of course, what they tell you not to do, you dive into the big hole that is the internet and start oh, yeah. <laughs> a terrible idea. Um, so I just started doing everything that was recommended anywhere to try to get pregnant naturally, you know, from whether it was supplements or sex positions, you name it, we tried mm. it and um, still wasn't working. So finally, after a year, my OBGYN agreed to get me some tests because this was now, mind you, this was 2013. So okay. infertility was not quite as open and talked about as I feel like it is now. And mm. so my OBGYN was like, no, you're young, wait a year. You're young, wait a year. And um, we finally got to the year mark and, and I got my test. And right away she was like, oh, wow, you have PCOS. And I was like, what? What is that? I have no idea what this is. Um, and of course, started researching that and and they were very optimistic. They're like, oh, just take some Clomid. You guys will be pregnant in a few months. And so again, month after month after month. And finally, mm -hmm. around the fourth or fifth month, um, my husband and, and parents stepped in and they're like, okay, you are crazy on this. We yeah. – this is not working. Um, we have to do something else. And so we found a fertility clinic that was by us. And I will never forget when we walked in, I, I came, you know, I had all my um, paperwork transferred to them. And they said, oh, well, we didn't get your husband's work. And I was like, no, I have the problem. And they said, whoa, whoa wait, they put you on like four or five rounds of Clomid and nobody's tested your husband? And I just kept saying, oh. I'm the problem. And they were like, oh, no, 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 no. So they got him worked up right away and then found out that he had a sperm quality issue on top of my PCOS, which they basically were like, based on kind of the severity of both of your cases, like we're, I don't want to say severity of both of your cases, but that we each had underlying issues, like an IUI wasn't even an option for us to try. So we went straight to IVF. Mm -hmm. um, and it went fantastic. You know, we, I made a lot of eggs because of my PCOS. We had healthy embryos. We transferred, um, we did a frozen embryo transfer with our son, Brexton, healthy okay. pregnancy and everything was, you know, textbook. Perfect. Mm. Right. Um, what first time? and I was like, Oh, you know, the meds were a lot and the medications, but okay. Like now we had an answer and everything was great. Um, and so once Brexton was potty trained, we're like, okay, round two, here we go. And at this time, we had already started a foundation to help couples pay for IVF. Um, we were really finding our voice and our platform to be advocates in this community. And so I told my husband, I said, all right, for this second time, like I'm going to let everybody in on everything from the shots mm. to the doctor's appointments to the side effects. Like we're going to give people – like an unfiltered access to this so that, you know, when they go through their journeys, they, it might not be exactly the same, but at least there won't be as many surprises for them, you know? 
that's incredibly brave, especially because your husband is a NASCAR racer, right? Which is yeah. quite like a macho thing. <laughs> so I have to interrupt and tell you this quick story. We were out on the track getting ready for a race and like I said, we're very open about our story. And this guy, I loved it. He came up to Kyle and he was like, hey man, I don't really have a lot of good sperm either. So thanks for talking about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and Kyle was like, no problem, man. Like, <laughs> Anytime. He yeah, he was like, should I fist bump him? I'm not sure what to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I read like, that you, um, did you make him race once with an ice pack on his balls? I absolutely loved that when I read it. Uh, yes, for a few months. Um, well, the internet told me that sperm don't like hot conditions and inside the car, it can get up to like 140 degrees in there. And I was like, okay, I need that sperm. Like (laughs) it cannot fry. So he like would unzip his suit under caution and like shove an ice pack all the way down there. And I'll never forget. He, he won a race and, um, he like got out of the car to do like the whole victory thing. And the ice pack like slipped all the way down his leg. Oh my God. (laughs) Everybody's like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. Good times. There's a lot of funny stuff that happens with infertility too. Oh yeah. yeah, We are all over that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we brought everybody in and it was, it was amazing. Um, I know that social media gets like a really bad rap at times, but this community was just Mm -hmm. so supportive and it was like, we had all these people invested in it that were just as excited as we were like, when, like, okay, we know you transferred. Everybody was like on the 12 day wait with us. And, Mm. um, it was so exciting and we got pregnant right away. We announced it on Thanksgiving. It was like, just, you know, like a fairy tale, like, okay, we, we struggled, but then we did IVF and we had one healthy child and now, you know, we're going to complete our family and we announced it and then literally not even a week after we announced I miscarried out of nowhere um, oh my god and that was that was the beginning of some of the darkest hardest times that I feel like I've faced as a woman and mm-hmm. in our marriage and as a mother it was um for anybody listening out there, it's it's just that pain that's really hard to describe, and and I felt like after that everything spiraled um, yeah. real fast. And Did you? I read that you went to an awards ceremony shortly after you found out, and that people were congratulating you. I just can't imagine what that must have been like. Yeah, we. Um, so. I write about it in in my book that's coming out at the end of the month. And this was definitely one of the hardest chapters to write, but Mm. I had gotten up and had a normal morning and was playing with Brexton. And, and I, I thought I had the gas pains, you know, and Mm -hmm. I, it it kind of felt like that. And then all of a sudden I had like a stabbing pain and and I started bleeding and Brexton was there and that's my son's name, Brexton. And Mm. I didn't want him to be scared. And, so I, I told him I cut my hand. Um, oh. And so he ran down to get Kyle and it was just, just horrific. Like that feeling of, of knowing what's happening and not being able to stop any of it. Mm. Um, and then what made it more difficult is we went to the doctor right away and they did the ultrasound and they called it a threatened miscarriage. So mm-hmm. 
she was still in there, but smaller than she should be, but she was still in there. And so then I spent the next 48 hours because they still kept me on all my meds. They said they tested, they did my blood work there and they said, okay, well, your levels, you know, when it came back that night, they said, your levels have still gone up since the last time we tested you. So we're just not sure. Like we think you're going to miscarry, but it's not confirmed. And so then I went online again, of course, mm-hmm. and read like, well, 50% of the time it, the baby stays. And and so I was like clinging on to that hope. And yeah. Um, yeah, we just, we had to fly out of town the next day to go to the banquet. And it's, people have asked me, they're like, well, why didn't you just stay home? And I said, because Kyle's my rock. And I was so overwhelmed and scared. And the thought of just being alone was yeah like gave me anxiety if that makes sense absolutely um so you know we went about we we convinced ourselves in that 48 hours I told myself like nope Kyle helped me because Kyle was like don't think negative you have to stay positive like you know stay positive and I said okay this is just gonna be a story we tell her like you mm. know that she's a fighter mm. that she's strong that you know, she, we were bleeding and all this stuff and she made it through because what was very odd too is, so I think that was a Tuesday. Um, when I got home from the doctors, cause I had been like gushing blood when I went there, but by the time I had gotten checked out and come home, I had completely stopped bleeding for those 48 hours. Yeah. So such as feels just, the hope. Right. And, um, I kid you not, I was, I was getting hair and makeup because we were getting ready to go down to the red carpet. It was our end of the year banquet. She was just finishing everything up on me and the nurse called and, and you know, as, as I was sitting there and told me that the, my levels had gone down and that um, we were in fact miscarrying. And she said, you know, within the next week or so, I would, I, I don't know how to say this, like essentially Lose the baby. Her. Yeah, like lose, mm, lose yeah. her. Um, oh, and so hard. I, I went blank. Mm. Um, I didn't cry. I just didn't accept it. I was like, nope, you're wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, no. I've now for 48 hours, I've con- convinced myself that my baby girl is a strong and she's a fighter, and you're wrong. Like, mm. no. So I got dressed. I told Kyle and he tried to hug me and I was like, absolutely not. Do not hug me. We have nothing to be sad about. This is wrong. Like, And I've just had my makeup done. Do yeah, not ruin it. But I was like, I'm not, this isn't true. Like, yeah, it, I could not wrap my, like, I just refused to accept it. Like it just was not, you know, and so we went downstairs and I, I remember I said to somebody, it felt like a very out-of-body experience. Like people were hugging us and congratulating us and talking and I just was there but was not there. And then Mm. obviously that night um, kind of everything hit really hard. And then the next few days, you know, I started bleeding again and and it was was really hard. And, And so then that started and then... There was a lot of, you know, I was very sad, um, Mm -hmm. overwhelmingly sad and and in a way that 
is hard to describe and it just hurts so much and it hurts so much. We had to tell our son and it's grief. Yeah. And you know, it, it I felt like it, it was really hard for me. And then it became really hard in our marriage as both of us grieved differently and didn't understand mm-hmm. how each other was processing it. And it caused a lot of fights and, um, you know, so then I felt like I had lost my daughter and then I was felt like I was losing our marriage and the whole time just plastering on a smile and taking Brex into his classes and doing all the fun things to like overcompensate so that he mm-hmm. didn't know if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it got really messy and really ugly, but, um, you know, we – went to counseling, we found a good church, we read the books and we worked. And and for anybody listening out there, like marriage is work and it's really easy to look at somebody who's, you know, maybe like us on every Sunday we were on TV or on Instagram and everything looked fine and, and nobody saw just the fights and the yelling and the tears before and after. And, um, you know, I'm fighting about anything, anything and everything. It, he was so upset with me that I couldn't get over it essentially that I was like stuck in this funk. And I was so upset with him that he had gotten past it. You know what I mean? Not, not past it. Cause now I, you know, now, gosh, what was that, 2018, three years later, you never are past it, but you, you, you know, like you I feel like- to live with it. Yeah. Like a piece of your heart's gone, but it doesn't, like I'm not crying every single day, right? Like that's, that's what it was. And, and so he would get mad at me for, you know, still hurting so bad. And I was mad at him for not hurting as bad as I was. And so then you name it, we would fight about it. Dishes in the sink, something about Braxton, trap, like you name it, we just would find a way to blow up at each other. And we were spiraling. And so it took going to marriage counseling and sitting down. And and I think this is a thing. People think they go to marriage counseling and you wave this wand and everything's better. No. It gets yeah. uglier. Mm-hmm. It gets messier. You have to rebuild. You have to relearn how to communicate to each other, and and I'm you know I'm happy that we did that because I think now where we are is great, and we have this like set of tools that when you know all couples fight, but we're able to diffuse it by yeah. things that we've learned. If that makes sense, I think it's really interesting that you're raising this because on our podcast we've had a lot of guests. And when we've talked about relationships, they've all gone, oh, yeah, it's just it's brought us closer. Mm-hmm. We've had a lot of couples on who've said it's brought us closer. Nobody has admitted to struggling. But I think what you're talking about is an incredibly common experience. Yeah, I mean, I would say now we're closer. But yeah. in the trenches, it was really hard. And I want to talk about it because – that's the problem with social media, right? You don't mm-hmm. post the fights. You post mm-hmm. the perfectly posed family pictures. And it's hard when you feel like you see other couples going through what you're going through and you're like, oh, but look, like 
they have like they're doing it together or they're this or they're that and you're always comparing yourself and I mean it was a lot and and I do want people to know I firmly believe in you know marriage counseling self counseling fertility coaching all those things but it also isn't something where you sit there for an hour and then you go back home and it's perfect like it took us a lot of time and a lot of individual work and couples work to you think it's so basic but learn how to talk and comfort somebody when you've gone through a loss or a tragedy or the battles of infertility and so I'm happy I'm really happy that we went and that it almost got that bad because it has literally helped us now going through our journey um uh-huh since the miscarriage. So it's, it's been really good that, I mean, it sucks when you're in it, but Mm -hmm. coming out on the other side, it's like, okay, we made it, we are stronger, we are closer, but (laughs) it wasn't pretty getting there. Yeah. I think a lot of people will, will find comfort in hearing that. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, So yeah, to finish to finish the journey. So um, it took us a good year after the miscarriage to get back on track and uh-huh. and everything. Um, so once we felt like we were in a really good and stable place again, um, we tried again and mm-hmm. did the frozen embryo transfer. And this time, I don't know, there was something different. Like I felt like even with Brexton and then – when I was pregnant and then miscarried, I didn't have a lot of feelings. Like my boobs hurt a little bit, but that was mm-hmm. it. But um, this time I just felt pregnant. So I didn't even do an at-home test because I was like, mm-hmm. no, I, you know, I, I'm, I know I'm pregnant. Yeah. Um, and they called 12 days later and they were like, we're sorry. We ran it twice. It was a failed cycle. And <sighs> it just felt like after that year of so much pain and so many tears, mm. it was just like getting kicked back down again. Yeah. Um, so hard as well because you'd had success the last two times. So you kind of must get it into your head that this works for me. So, you know, it makes sense. Completely. And I was just blown away. I was like, wait, wait, what? Are you, are you sure? Um, so then – we did, you know, all, a bunch of tests and everything, and they said everything looked fine, but we recommend that you use a surrogate um, because basically you went from pregnant to miscarry to failed cycles, so you're declining. Um, and so we're like, okay. So then it was emotionally figuring out, wow, okay, Um most likely a stranger is going to carry our baby. I'm never going to be pregnant again. Um, Mm. And it took us a year to find a surrogate because that's another thing that people don't commonly talk about. You think that you go to an agency. In my head, I thought it was like match.com, right? Like, (laughs) So you just go and pick one. Well, the way that they explain it to you too, they're like, okay, you fill out your profile and then they have a profile and then we'll match it and then send, send you a few different like potential surrogates. And, and it sounded like, like what I would think a dating app was. And so I was like, okay, so we do the whole process and you know, all that stuff. And, and at first I was really like, 
I didn't – well, I guess I, I need to intersect. We had a friend's sister who had always wanted to be a surrogate. She was a mom of three, amazing. We went to, like, the same church, just amazing woman. Um, got through all the tests and paperwork, and then they found that her fallopian tube was blocked. And <sighs> they basically said, like, they wouldn't do a transfer because there's a small chance that a blocked fallopian tube could hinder the pregnancy. So they were they were like, you, you'd have to ask her to get her tubes removed. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I oh, can't do gosh. that. Like, So then we went with the agency. So we did all the things, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Now it's, you know, we're like four or five months in. Like, let's do it. And um, they're like, oh, well, you know, we're really sorry at this time. We don't have any candidates right now. And then COVID hit. And then they were like, we really don't have any candidates. And I was like, no, wait, I filled out my profile. Like, I'm ready. It's a good profile. (laughs) I I worked really hard on that profile. Like, um, And they're like, we we just don't have anybody right now. Um, So that was something that was, you know, when I talked to other women about it, especially who need to use an agency, they're very surprised to hear too because I think you just think that there's just pools of women that are ready to, you know, be yeah. so selfless and carry your baby and and it, that's not, not the case. And so um, then we just had a few, you know, different challenges with finding a surrogate and, and um, finally, and you guys will never believe this, this lady reached out to me on Instagram and oh, she was wow. on Instagram. She goes, I don't even know how to start this. This is so weird. Like I live by you. Like I followed your journey. I would love to carry your baby. And oh, wow. And I'm like, in no way. That she has to be like, there has to be something wrong here, right? You know? Mm-hmm. And so of course I start like social stalking, right? Isn't that the first thing that you do? Oh, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she had like a lot of her stuff more private. And I was like, oh no, like red flag. And then I was like searched and searched and searched and found like, you know, a friend of a friend who knew her husband who then knew this. And so I'm like doing all these things behind the behind the scenes like a crazy person. Yeah. And finally I'm like, okay, we'll meet. Like we'll we'll meet for dinner. And her and I just hit it off in every mm-hmm. possible way. Um instantly loved her like like family. And then we had our families come together and our kids played and we just started hanging out and, and getting to know each other. And, and, um, so now a year after the failed cycle, we're finally ready to transfer with her. Um, Mm. and she had two healthy kids and, and I'm not kidding you. Like if you think of like a picture book surrogate intended parent relationship, it was this, like we texted all the time, our families loved each other. We got along well. We had the exact same viewpoints on like a birth plan and prenatals and exercise and diets. And, and so I was I was like, this is the most comfortable I can be without actually carrying my own child, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So she went and we, you know, got to watch the transfer and, and all the things. Um which can I back up and say this? And I don't even know if like this is appropriate or right, but it really upset me. So 
for the transfer during COVID. And this is, I was like, no, this isn't fair. So it's always like the woman and then her partner, right? Well, they were like, no, it has to be only one of you because of COVID. Uh. And I was like, that is not fair because my uterus or something isn't working that we both can't be there. Like this is our daughter, you know? And that was one thing when people say like, oh, how did COVID affect that? I was like, well, that's not fair because both parents always get to be there for a regular transfer, you know? And that was hard. It was really hard. Um, Yeah, because I'm like, well – it's one extra person we have masks on. Like, this is our baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? So We've had all um, the tests. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I'll, yeah. we'll take all the tests that you want. Like, please let us both at least be there for the transfer because you already feel when I feel like you're going through surrogacy, like, a little bit removed from the process because oh. it's not your body, Completely. you know? Completely. Of course. So, anyways. Um... So she transferred, love her to pieces. Um, everything was great. We were so excited. And so we decided to have like a family little get together the day before her blood test to do our own private test because we just, you know, I wanted that level of like intimacy to, you know, yeah. get to like watch the stick with her. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. And we were, like I said, the kids were, I, I remember the kids were, we have a little swing set in the backyard and they were outside playing and and um we're all like standing in the kitchen like she comes out of the bathroom and we're like okay let's make small talk for two minutes and and um the worst two minutes were you at this point you're fairly convinced it's worked right well I mean yeah my our embryos were good quality she had two healthy children and also Mm -hmm. it was really funny because I'm very close with our doctors now because of our foundation and we work with them often um Mm. They were like every time she came in, they were like, "Wow, that that uterus lining, that is so thick. Look at that. <laughs> Look how great that is." And I was like, "All right, guys, you never talked about my like lining this way. You know what I mean?" Oh, um, yeah. And they were like, "Wow. Look it's at her numbers." Yes, exactly. And so I was like, "There's no way this isn't going to work. Like it is, you know. Basically, I was told it's me at some underlying reason that I'm." paper is not being seen. And so now I have a healthy embryo with a healthy woman and, and here we go. And so, you know, we're like talking and then, um, I had set up my phone and I set up my phone on our orange juice bottle, like right mm-hmm. in our kitchen. And I was like, okay, cause I want to, you know, like we didn't capture any of this the last time. And I was like, this is going to, you know, most likely be our last baby. And then I want this like our our video, right? Mm-hmm. And so I like walk over and I have my eyes closed and I like tell my husband Kyle, I'm like, okay, you look, you look. And he's not saying anything. And I was like, why are you not saying anything? He's like, well, I'm not sure what it means. And I'm like, what? Because <laughs> they are I don't, quite hard to read. Well, also, I don't know why we got the test with the lines, not like the full the words. words. So that confuses yeah. husbands, I've decided. Yeah, it definitely does. So I take my hands down thinking like he just doesn't know and it was negative. And I was like, mm. wait a second. And then 
it was awkward because I didn't want to make her feel bad. Yeah, of course. So I'm like, okay, it's okay. And she's like, well, maybe I'm just like a faint, you know, like some people just like show up more faint. And, and I was like, yeah, that's it. And, and, and so then it got like really awkward because I was, when I get like really upset, I get real fidgety. And, um, so she's like, well, I'm just going to go outside and check the kids. And I'm like, okay. And she walked out and I just lost it. Like, just, you know, and then I knew she went outside to do the same because we talked about it later. She's like, I didn't want to cry in front of you. I was like, I didn't want to cry in front of you. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, that was November. November. Okay. Okay. And now you're about to try again? Yes. So after that, um, and this is what I talk about with marriage and counseling and and how it can make you stronger. Um, I stayed up, I don't think I slept for like a week. I spent every day and night like researching everything, right? I'm very type Mm -hmm. A if that hasn't come across in this conversation. (laughs) Um, and I said, okay, I love our clinic dearly. I love everybody there, but now I feel like we've tried me multiple times and a surrogate, like I need to go get second, third, fourth opinions, right? Um, so my husband was like, all right, let's do it. And so we went, we talked to a bunch of different doctors and they, you know, we had embryos left, um, but they weren't as strong. So I know you guys know that like embryos are graded differently. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I say it weird because it makes me feel weird to even say because they're all my like babies right mm-hmm. um but Brexton and then the first two so Brexton and then two girls were the strongest out of our first cycle and then we had five uh-huh. others so we obviously had already used Brexton and then the two strongest girls and then the next strongest was a girl but they had told us like she looks fine like it looks fine but not you know they told us after like but not as strong as your others and then okay the other four were in that too like well they could maybe make it but they don't look as strong as your others um and given that we are basically at 25 percent success rate you know we had brexton Mm. out of four when we talked to all the other doctors and even our doctor at home um they were like we think you need to go through egg retrieval again um okay and i was like wait (laughs) what? Mm. Are we serious? Um, so I found a clinic, of course, that always works out across the country. And I remember sitting down with Kyle and I was like, okay, I love my clinic. I love them, but I want, I want to go somewhere else just to tell myself I've tried everything because if this doesn't work, you know, then we have to decide like, do we want to be done with just having Brexton? Do we want to adopt? Like, where do we want to go from here? You know, Mm. I said, But in the back of my mind, if we go back to our original clinic, I'm always going to wonder, well, should we have tried somewhere else? Does that make a difference? Um, And I remember telling Kyle, I was like, so we live in North Carolina. And I was like, I want to go to Colorado, like clear across the country. And he was like, all right, let's do it. When are we going? So that's where I say that marriage is work. Counseling is work, but it's worth it. 
Um, yeah. There wasn't a hesitation from him. There wasn't a, are you serious? Like seven years later, we're going to go back to square one. Um, it yeah. was like, all right. One thing that really has really interested me throughout your story is that you said my daughter, it's a girl embryo. In the UK, we're not allowed to to choose the gender of the embryo. Um, and I, as I understand it, you've kind of, you've, you're really focused on having a girl. So I definitely would love a girl, um, uh-huh. but we knew regardless, we just wanted another sibling. But yeah, they do tell you here what gender. So we had, like when we did Brexton, they were like, do you want to do a girl first or a boy first? And we were like, okay, we'll do a boy, you know? Or they <laughs> yeah. said, or you could keep it a surprise and we'll choose, you know, like I said, basically the out of our- Yes. And they had basically told us that there were three of them that were equal, strong quality. Um, So we were like, okay. And so after we had Brexton, the next two were in strong quality were girls. So we were like, okay. And I've always wanted a little girl. So that's where it got hard for us because we still did have boy embryos. And that's where some people are like, oh, you're doing it just for sex. And I'm like, no, 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 no we're doing it based on what multiple doctors have told us that they're not as strong. And so Mm -hmm. when we went into this egg retrieval, like I've had to tell myself multiple times, like, you know, this isn't, this might not go how you think, right? Like you're going to have to give up like caring. That's what I told myself for the surrogate. Like you're not going to feel what it's like to feel your baby in you and all these things. And so Mm. I was like, oh man, I would really love a girl because I'm as girly as they come. But like knowing that nothing pretty much on this journey has gone to plan, I was like, watch, I'm going to make all boy embryos and I'm going to be a boy mom and I'm going to be at a racetrack for the rest of my life because (laughs) my son loves racing, right? Mm. And so I just already started, you know, they said, oh, well, usually if you made both different genders the first time you usually do the second time and I was like okay like really at this point I just want to have like a sibling for Brexton and it is what it is and one of my really good friends it was funny because she had two boys and then got pregnant again and it was a boy too and she was like okay, boy, mom, like I'm never going to do the dresses. And so I told her, I was like, I'm probably, we're probably going to be in the same boat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, but, oh, sorry. What's it been like, um, going through, cause obviously you've been through IVF, um, before you had children and now a few times with Braxton, what's it like having him with you? Does he know what's happening? Do you have to explain everything to him? Yes. So we were very open with him from day one. Like he knows that mommy and daddy needed help from the doctors to have him and to have his siblings. Um, And we explained, you know, when we lost his sister that Mm -hmm. she's in heaven and we planted a tree in her honor. And it's, it's really cute because it's in our backyard. And so Brexton Mm -hmm. will have his little friends over and he'll be like, that's my sister. And I'm like, Oh, "Oh, well, not quite, but you know, it's a good concept. Um, Or I'll be like, mom, we need to go water my sister. Like, okay. (laughs) Um, And so he knows he knew about the surrogate. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I basically told him because he was, 
thoroughly confused. Um, yeah. And because he's five. And so I told him, I said, all right, honey, we, I, I got cookies out one night. We were making cookies. And I said, um, oh, man, the oven's broke. And I said, uh, so my, my good friend lives right down the road and her name's Bree. So I said, we're going to have to take our cookies to Auntie Bree's to bake them. And he was like, okay. And I said, so if we take our cookies there to bake them, do they come back home with us? And he was like, well, yeah, there are cookies. Our oven's just broke. And I was like, mm. okay. So that's what's happening with mommy. My tummy's broke. And so this nice lady, and I, you know, I don't want to give out her name on here, but obviously we, he knew her very well. Um, uh-huh. This nice lady's tummy works. So we're going to grow your sibling in her tummy, and then she's going to come home with us, like when she's done growing. And so that was, and he fully understood at five how that worked. And it's a very um, good analogy. Yeah. I'm very impressed. And he was so <laughs> Great cute. parenting. Because he would come over and like when she'd be over at the house, he'd be like, is your belly okay? Like, is it ready? And it was so cute. Um, But anyways, so yeah, then we just finished going through egg retrieval this winter. And like I said, um, you know, we were like, okay, we just need healthy embryos. I'm seven years older. Um, we're not sure now, like, what my eggs are like, what Kyle's mm-hmm. sperm's like. Like, age is a factor, right? Um, so they got a bunch of eggs. They told us that, you know, the embryos were going good, and then they sent them off to testing, and, and then they called, and they said – we have um, nine embryos and one that would have to be retested because we couldn't get a read and five out of essentially the nine or ten, um, five of them are really like the top tier. And I was like, right. okay, that's amazing. And um, so she goes, do you want to know the gender? And I was like, <gasps> okay, like I'm ready, you know. And she like paused and I was like, what? And she's like, I really, really, really hope that you guys want a girl because they're all girls. Um, And so I was like, I just felt like it was, you know, like, okay, that's, you know, for me, I was like, that was so exciting. Like I had said either way, if they had been all boys, I had kind of mentally been like, okay, you're not going to do the dresses and the glitter and the tutu and, and that, that it's going to be what it is. And, and I love like Brexton loves his dad cause he's cool and fun, but like mom is his person, right? Like, yeah. like yeah. little boys with their moms are the sweetest, like sweet beyond sweet things. Like I just like little things, like we'll be outside and he'll like pick me a flower and just be like, I love you, mommy. And you know, like that's a little boy. Right. And so I was like, either way, I'm so excited. But when she was like, I hope you really want a girl because, and then even the other ones were all girls and the one they couldn't get a read on was a boy, but they were like, but we would have to do more testing. We couldn't get a read. So I was like, wow. (laughs) Oh my God. It's meant to be. Yeah. So it was exciting. And I did want to talk about that because a lot of people were like, oh, well, you have like people don't understand. I feel like if you're not in it, the idea that there's different like quality of embryos and that affects the likelihood of being pregnant. And so everybody just thought like, oh, well, they didn't get a girl. So they're doing it again. I was like, no, that's not it. Like I went to multiple doctors to find out because I was much more confident in my younger embryos, right? Thinking like 
I was 27, well, I don't know, it was 2014, I'm 34. It was, they, they, they were 20-something embryos, right? Like, so I was much more confident that those embryos were going to be stronger, but after getting second and third opinions, they were like, no, they're not, we all think you should do this again. And and so we did it again, and and this time I feel like the support of the infertility community that now is so much more of a thing than it was in 2013, 2014, Mm -hmm. made it so much easier. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh. Like leaps and bounds easier. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of extol the virtues of the um, Instagram community specifically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, love love them. I literally don't feel like I would have the voice I have today, the knowledge I have today, and the mm-hmm. confidence. Like people are like, "Are you worried?" And I'm like, "I, I should be right." Like I've had one healthy pregnancy, a miscarriage, a failed cycle, a failed surrogate cycle. I should be cautious, but I feel like because I have so many women that are just so supportive and loving that I'm like. That's it. I'm getting pregnant in a week. Like it's gonna happen, you know. And yeah, and I've talked to a lot of women that are like, keep that positive attitude. Like you don't want to go into it scared and afraid. And and they help me stay positive in order, mm-hmm. you know. And and I I love them. I mean, I got done with the egg retrieval. It was vastly different than my egg retrieval seven years ago. Just how my body felt. Um. And I, I posted something on Instagram stories and instantly all these amazing women were like, okay, you need to get canned soup and Gatorade and a heating pad. And so I try to take all those comments and then put them back out there for other women going through it because yes, your doctors and nurses are amazing source of information, but like just the connection you get with other women is like, I can't describe how how they just help you with every step of the process from well, it's the empathy isn't it that you don't get from a doctor you get you yes. get experience and and tips and you know if you ask the doctor how do I prepare for this they just don't tell they don't give you anything do they whereas they say don't get drunk yeah exactly <laughs> And I just feel like with a doctor, it's like very clinical and like written down a sheet, like do this, do this, do that. But when you talk Mm. to like your infertility sisters, it's like, Mm. you got this girl, like we're rooting for you. Like you're a warrior. You're so strong. And then like you leave that Instagram conversation and you're like, yeah, I'm a badass. Like I'm ready. Like here I go. You do, you get hyped. Yes. So Samantha, when when is the big day next week? Oh my gosh, yes, literally. Um, It's St. Patrick's Day, so March 17th. Oh, wow. Wow. That's my husband's birthday, so that's an extra bit of good luck for you. Yes, and so... The reason I to talk about girls, um, so my grandma, my mom's mom, she passed away and I was the only girl grandchild and her and I just were very, very close, like beyond close, you know what I mean? And um, she would always let me play like, you know, grandmas let you do whatever you want. So she'd always let me play with all her makeup and put on her clothes and, and, I feel like I own a store and and a boutique and I had named it after her. And I just feel like 
she was like my girly person, right? And she always told me like, oh, you know, one day when you have a daughter, like remember to let her do things like this. Like remember that, let her, you know, put on all your makeup. And and I, I used to come out and she'd let me put on all her rings and necklaces. Like I would come out with like 50 pieces of jewelry on and and like put on oh. these like dance shows for her. And, and like she was my biggest, like fan besides, you know, obviously my parents, but, um, with Brexton, when we were transferring, cause she, she passed away a number of years ago. And when Brexton, when we were getting ready to do our egg retrieval transfer that time, my mom was like, we, we still always say like, we talked to grandma. Right. And my mom was like, please just like, let this go well for her. And like, I'm so, she's been through so much. And we found this little, my mom found it, um, this like little tiny figurine in the dirt outside my house. It was like this old fashioned baby doll. It was, it wasn't more than like two inches in size. And it had these big old chubby cheeks and blue eyes. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, oh, she's like, it's a sign from your grandma. And I was like, mom, I'm Italian and like have the darkest brown eyes. Kyle has (laughs) hazel eyes. There's no way our kid's going to have blue eyes. And sure enough, even to this day, Brexton has like blue green eyes. And he came out with the biggest cheeks you've ever seen. Oh, that's crazy. So now after the egg retrieval, it was like literally a few days after they told us that, you know, we had the embryos and they set the date and all that stuff. My mom was like going through all like she still has boxes of like my grandma's stuff. And so she goes through them a little bit here and there. And so she was going through and organizing all of her jewelry and like all this stuff. And she opened this one box and together were two necklaces in one box. And one had a heart and it said number one mom. So like one of Mm -hmm. the siblings had given it to her. And then next to it was a necklace with a charm of a four leaf clover. And I was like, right? Oh my God. And and it, it was just in it, you know, it just like, I think even to it being jewelry, that was like our thing and mm. shoes. And and so I'm just holding on oh, to Oh, gosh. Samantha. Oh, we'll all be thinking of you. Yeah. yeah. And by um, the time this podcast goes out, you'll know. I yeah. know. Well, I'm yeah. just telling myself I'm pregnant. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Throw it forward to your future self. Samantha, before we finish, do you want to tell us about your book a little yes. bit? Oh, When's it coming out? That. What's it called? Who can, where can we get it? Yeah, so um, the book is called Fighting Infertility, um, and it releases March 30th, and it will be on like Amazon, Target, cool. Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, Walmart, like you name it, it'll it'll okay. be there. Um, and it is a very raw, candid, real look at our journey. Um, it's you know from when we met all the way, because I finished writing it a bit ago. So all the way into knowing that we had to find a surrogate. So it it covers everything and and Mm -hmm. it is very detailed. It is very open. It shows there's really funny parts in it. There's really emotional parts. And I didn't, didn't like I even the publisher was like, are you sure you want to like <laughs> talk about some of these things and put yeah. some of this in there? And I was like, completely, because even during delivery, I'm like, there are things that you need to know before 
you know, all of this happens. Yeah. And then what I'm really excited about is the last little section of the book is almost like a little advice section. And so I reached out to multiple fertility coaches, therapists, um, other women in the community. And it just, it, it talks about on a, things that you could do, um, you know, when coping, like journaling and, and different things. And it talks mm-hmm. about, um, how to set boundaries with other people and how to answer uncomfortable questions and different things about how to remember that your partner might not physically be going through this, but they're still going through it with you. And so how to acknowledge that and really give them some focus that they might, you know, need or, or give them a safe space to express maybe how they're feeling. Um, Mm. Because a lot of times that's not talked about. Yeah. Oh, wow. Samantha, I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people. It sounds absolutely brilliant. And um, thank you so much for joining us. Now it's time for IVF. What the F? What the F? That was a really nice chord, actually. From practicing. Yeah. Thanks. As we mentioned at the top, we're talking about COVID vaccines. Have you had yours? No, I have not. Have you had yours? like I feel like loads of people I know have really yeah huh like people keep like people my age keep being like had my jab and I'm like how hmm do you think it's because people have got underlying illnesses that you don't expect my mom managed to wangle one early and I was like why why Hmm. did you get one early and she was like because I've got asthma and I was like fair enough apparently she does no she does she does she does it just struck me as the kind of thing she would do is get a jab Mm. early she's Mm. quite like she's she's just quite pushy to be honest oh my dad I think was very skeptical and I was kind of had to almost kind of twist his arm into it but he got I want to see you yeah yeah that's it oh no Uh, but no no sign of one for me oh mate I'm sorry same here like absolutely same here I went there's um my new local medical center is like semi semi medical center semi hospital oh, wow. they've got like okay. things like x-ray and they've got like an urgent care unit and I mm-hmm. went in and there's it's just like a military camp oh, my they've God. got like all these um like shipping containers that mm-hmm. are set up like just for jabs like the jab center it's quite like quite 28 days later I mean it's the, the whole thing is quite impressive yeah the kind of the speed Compared yeah. to all of the, the rest of the shit show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's actually done something quite well. Yeah. So um, the official advice on getting a jab, if you're, well, if you're pregnant, is that I don't actually know what it is because it's really confusing because they're like, oh, I mean, there's no evidence to say that it's not good. Yeah. But that's, you know, that's really confusing and really scary if you're pregnant. And the thing is that annoyingly when you're TTC, you kind of sometimes have to behave like you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's so confusing that we just had to ask Professor Tim what he thought. Yeah, exactly. I think his reassuring voice will help to clarify things for everyone. <laughs> yeah, here he is. So I think most of us agree that the way out of the current COVID pandemic is through high vaccination rates. And obviously the UK has got one of the world's most successful vaccination programmes for COVID to date. And I can see this when I compare how how well things are going in the UK compared to our other TFP or the Fertility Partnership Clinics on the continent where they are a long way behind vaccination rates. And at the moment, 
most of those countries are heading into a third wave, whereas here in the UK, uh, certainly at the moment in early April, things are looking pretty, pretty good. Um, from a COVID vaccine perspective, there has been a lot of misinformation about this. The two vaccines which are currently being used in the UK, AstraZeneca and also the Pfizer vaccine, have been extensively studied and there's absolutely no evidence or concern that either of those vaccines causes a problem with conception afterwards. So those vaccines do not lead to fertility issues afterwards. And the UK advice is that men and women who are trying to conceive just have the vaccine. You don't need to stop trying to conceive, just have the vaccine. However, the current advice is that pregnant women should not routinely have the vaccine. And the only time that a pregnant woman should have the vaccine is if she is someone who is at an unavoidably high risk of catching COVID uh, or has got underlying health issues, which means that if she does catch COVID, then she should be at significantly higher risk of complications from COVID. So for most pregnant women, the advice at the moment is not to have the vaccine. Interestingly, in the United States, they take a different approach. And in the US, they advise that everyone has the vaccine, regardless of whether you're pregnant or not. So just to summarise the situation in the UK, people are advised to have the vaccine. Uh, so my advice to my patients is as soon as you're offered it, just get it. Uh, you don't need to delay trying to conceive. If you're moving on into fertility treatment, then ideally you probably should have the vaccine, uh, you know, at least a few days before an egg collection or producing sperm, or certainly before having an embryo transfer. But speak to your own clinic about that because they, they might have slightly different uh, thresholds or numbers of days they want you to have between the vaccine and whatever uh, event that might be. But ideally have the vaccine you know, a few days, a good few days before maybe having drugs or having the egg collection or, or the embryo transfer, but speak to your clinic about that. I think once, once you've had the embryo transfer, I think most fertility specialists would be saying probably err on the safe side and maybe don't have the vaccine then. Uh, and certainly if pregnant, the advice at the moment is not to have the vaccine unless you are at an unavoidably high risk of catching COVID or you have underlying health issues, which mean that if you catch COVID, you're at a very high risk of the disease. I guess the last thing to say is that, uh, you know, a very important way of avoiding catching COVID is through all of the you know, hands, face, space stuff that we're told uh, to do. And even if you're waiting for your vaccine or even if you have been vaccinated, it doesn't absolutely stop you getting COVID. So it's really important that you that you continue all of those uh, different ways of minimising the risk of catching the infection. That's the end of the first episode of the Series 4. Shitting hell. The Series 4. Series 4. We're into our third year of doing this. Yeah, we are. Wait, no. We're into our fourth year of doing this. Are we? Well, oh my God, yeah, we, we do are. it by starting. a calendar year. 2018. Yeah, 2018, 19, 20, 21. Well, anyway, it's been a blast. It's been an absolute blast. It's so, so nice good to be back. back. So good to be back. Um, I forgot to mention something at the top, which is, of course, that we now have BFN merch, which you may have seen on Instagram. So yeah, if you want to buy a Just Relax t-shirt and shout it back at people, so maybe they stop fucking saying it to you, yeah. 
Yeah. Then you can buy one. Buy one. You can go to our website. Yeah. There is a shop link there. I think there it's a is. shop where it says merch. I can't remember what it, I chose in the end. Um, Probably merch, right? Pro- yeah, I feel like that was a very like, SEO friendly. I can't remember why. <laughs> we had to make a lot of decisions. Someone's got her register hat on. Yeah. Is it SEO friendly though? Um, either way, guys, the link can be found. It's also in the link tree in our Instagram. Yes, it is. If you are a follower, check it out. Yeah. Um, They're really great. I fucking love them. The yeah. t-shirts, that is. And guys, like, have a lovely week and we'll see you yeah. in the nicest way possible next Tuesday. We will indeed. Have a good week, guys. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.